Hello and welcome back. West Bank Bible Church podcast. We're here with you again. Uh, thanks for being with us. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1, 9, as may or may not be necessary. All right, here we go. The book of the Revelation, chapter 6, is where we'll be beginning. And if you're following along, I've got the outline up now. Uh, we are toward the middle of page 8 in Revelation Unveiled. Starting with chapter 6, in chapter 6 through 11, cover events which occurred during the tribulation and beginning of the millennium with emphasis on events. With that being said, Pastor Merritt, take it away. Okay. Revelation 6-1. Let's look at some events which occurred therein. Here we go. 6-1. I watched as the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, opened the first of the seven seals. And uh, first of the seven seals will be followed by then I heard one of the four living creatures and those living creatures are the exalted order of angels very special creatures four living creatures and this is what they said and a voice like thunder get up here there before me was a white horse, its rider, the Antichrist, held a bow. A quiver of arrows hung from his shoulder, and he wore a victor's crown. And he rode out as a conqueror, intent on victory. The Antichrist, by military threat, established peace and signed a seven-year treaty with Israel, guaranteeing their right to worship in their newly constructed temple. Now, this is a temple that was constructed, of course, in the tribulation uh, by the Israelis, as we would call them today. And, of course, all of this taking place in the first three and one-half years of that tribulation. Now, when the Lord opened the second seal, you remember the seals that were David talked to us about in chapters 4 and 5 of uh, the book? That is the tribulation. I heard the second living creature say, Come up here again, John. During the last three and one half years of the tribulation, we see the Red Army of the second seal advancing through the land of Israel. Its commander employs a scorched earth policy. Doesn't sound too much unlike the Russians today, huh, David? Mm-hmm. And I saw a red horse its rider, the king of the north, 
was given power to take peace from the earth. And when we talk about the king of the north, we're talking about that organization or national organizations in the south of Russia, uh, which is about to move upon Israel. In other words, going toward an Arabian coalition, uh, but having to move through Israel. And thus there'll be some destruction of not only Israel, but their newly formed temple and uh, the kingdom itself. Now this king was awesome, reigning over what today we might call the south of Russia. This king was permitted to move his military machine through Israel on his way to defeat a coalition of Arab nations led by Egypt and their uh, surrounding uh, countries, Arabic, Arabic, excuse me, Arabic, <laughs> Arabic countries. <laughs> All right. War and destruction reigned as he moves against the Arab nations, which certainly would include Egypt. Now, when the Christ opened the third seal, you remember there were seven seals and there was nobody up there who could open the seals and yet the Lord Jesus Christ could. And he began to open the seals. And you might say, well, the seals over what? It doesn't matter. It's the events that are within the seal or seals, plural. And he's particularly concerned with the third seal and it was there John heard the third living creature say, Come again. I looked, and there before me was a black horse, its rider representing economic depravity and turmoil, the natural result of war. The rider of the black horse was holding a pair of scales in his hand, the scales represented the scarcity of food, again, much like we see today. People were found existing on Spartan diets due to the land having been ravaged by extensive military campaigns. Then I heard one of the four living creatures explain the meaning. People will be able to purchase only the bare essentials. Most will find it difficult to buy sufficient food for even three squares a day. I am amazed how similar that is to what we see today mm -hmm. in the American economy. When our Lord opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, I looked, and there before me was a pale green horse. Its rider represented the horror and aftermath of war. He was given the name Death, and his horse drug Hades behind him. My, 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 what a spectacle. I could see that Hades was crowded with unbelievers. Each day passed more and more unbelieving dead as each day passed. 
there was more unbelieving dead in that awful place of punishment. Hades in the Old Testament was called Sheol. The rider of the green horse was given power over a part of the earth. More than a fourth of the earth's population was killed in the aftermath of war. There were famines and plagues. Even the wild animals lost their fear of man. Animals aggressively attacked villages and cities carrying off men, women, and children. And the destruction of war continued to spread over the Middle East. Verse 9 says, when the fifth seal, remember we had the seven seals, was opened, I saw under the altar in the temple those believers who had been slain during the tribulation. These saints of God had been murdered because of their Christian testimony. The saints from under the altar cried in a loud voice, how long, Sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our deaths? Then each saint was called before the throne of God and given a white robe as a symbol of positional righteousness. They were told to wait just a little longer. They were told the reason they must wait was because they were or excuse me, there were many other saints of the tribulation yet to be executed. John watched as Christ opened the sixth seal. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. The entire planet was violently shaken. The sun turned black as rough sackcloth. The moon turned blood red. Several of the stars fell to earth, just like fruit shaken loose by a sudden windstorm. The sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all the mountains and islands in the sea were torn from their ocean homes, tossed in the air, and sent rolling in all directions. Then the various heads of state and their political appointees, their generals, the rich, the famous, their ecclesiastical leaders, and even the lowliest members of the human race. They all ran and hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. In the middle of this terrible destruction, God directly poured out his wrath on the warring parties. Remember now, this is the king of the north attacking the south, and as he heads toward the south, toward the Arabic nations, he passes through Israel. And so Israel receives the blunt of most of the air, excuse me, of most of the result of war. It was from these remote hiding places that the unbelievers of planet Earth begged to die. Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb of God, they cried. 
For the great day of his wrath has come, and there is no one who can stand up under his judgment. The world powers began to reel under the wrath of God himself. The end seemed to be drawing near. The Antichrist was permitted to work his magic and gather the armies of the world to the Holy Land and an ominous rendezvous at Jerusalem. All right, David, let's see what we can learn now from chapter 7. All right, we'll be on chapter 7, which I believe is page 10, right there at the top. And I was thinking about the the three squares a day and uh, and the famine and the food and all the uh, things are going on. And for posterity's sake, I was going to mention that we can look back on this years from now going, ha, 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 can't believe how much it was. Over here, fuel is down to three sixty nine a gallon, and diesel you can find it as low as four ninety nine a gallon. I hope when we listen to this two or three years from now again, we go, "Wow, that was crazy!" And keeping in mind that's about seventy cents lower than it was a few months ago. And we will be in heaven looking down <laughs> on things. Well, gee, I hope you are. I may have still some work left to do out here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, David. God doesn't need any help after the rapture. All right, here we go. Go ahead. Chapter 7, verse 1. After the vision of the six seals invincing a summary of God's judgment of planet Earth during the tribulation, the scene seemed to turn to the beginning of the tribulation, just after the rapture. I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth holding back the four winds. The winds were symbolic of the wrath of God to be released by the six seals. The four angels were to, be, were to prevent the destruction of force of the seals. Then I saw a fifth angel coming up from the east. This angel had a special protective seal. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the earth. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put our protective seal on the foreheads of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. There were 4,000 sealed from 12 tribes of Israel. From the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. And from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. And from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. From... From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000. And from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. From the tribe of Sebulun, 12,000. And from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. And from the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. <coughs> the sealing angel called out the names of the tribes and the number to be sealed from each. I looked, and there before me was a great mass of people. There were so many you could not count them. They were absolutely, nationally, linguistically, and ethnically diversified. They were all standing before the central throne, looking up at the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were all wearing white robes signifying their positional righteousness and holding palm branches in their hands to signify they were royal family. They were loudly proclaiming, Salvation belongs to our God, our Father who sits on the throne, 
and to his son, Jesus the Christ. A vast number of elect angels suddenly appeared. They were first seen above the throne of God, but then the innumerable angelic host slowly settled outside the throne room. Inside the throne room, I could see the church-age saints who had been raptured and the four special angels called living angels. They all fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, the Father, and his Son, Jesus Christ, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the raptured saints asked me, Who are these people in white robes carrying the palms and from where did they come? I answered, Sir, I have no idea. It was then a wily saint said, These are martyred believers who were killed during the last three and one half years of the tribulation. They have wisely washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. When Christ returns to earth to set up his kingdom, these martyred saints shall serve continually before his throne in his earthly temple, and Christ will spread his tent of protection over them. Never again will they hunger, and never again will they thirst. They will forever dwell in air-conditioned comfort and ecstatic happiness. For the Christ, the Lamb of God who sits on the throne, will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And never again will these saints experience pain and suffering. They will make certain sorrow, tears, and martyrdom are things of the past. David, I might mention just uh, so everyone knows that tribulation is seven years in length. And and after, uh, of course, he divided into two, three, and one half year periods. Uh, and uh, we have listed the various members of, the, of Israel. Well, you might say hierarchy because it's the, those who are sons of Abraham originally and then they became of course uh, uh, saints in the tribulation and it says there were 4,000 still from the 12 tribes so uh, you have the tribe of Judah and of course that was number 4 son and that's from where Christ came and 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, that's the first son. And uh, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, uh, that was number two son. 12,000 from the tribe of Asher. And then Naphtali, uh, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. And then from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000, and from the tribe of Levi, that's the priestly tribe from where the priests came. And then from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000, and from the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. And then we have the last two boys, Joseph and Benjamin. I memorized all these by putting them on a baseball team. Like I'd say, well, old Reuben, I could just see old Reuben. He was a leadoff man, you know. And then we have the two pitchers in the bullpen and so forth and so forth and so forth. 
but there's really no need for that except for it makes for a nice little game to play. And when you want to know who were the 12 sons of Abraham, David's already told us this in his, his excellent lessons on the Old Testament. But I'll hush now, David, and you go ahead, please. All right, we'll be in book eight, verse one. When our Lord opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half hour. And I saw the seven angels standing before the Father's throne, and each angel was given a trumpet. And then I saw the Lord Jesus Christ come and stand over the altar. He was holding a golden censer, and he was handed a large packet of incense in order that he might mix it with the prayers of all the saints. He mixed the two and set them ablaze in the altar of incense, which had earlier been placed before the central throne. Isn't that nice that our prayers are kept? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From the hand of our Lord, the smoke of the incense wafted heavenward, the smoke being a symbol of the prayers of the saints. The prayers of the saints being made in the name of Jesus the Christ. Then Christ filled the golden censer with the burning coals taken out of the altar, and he threw the burning contents of the censer toward the earth. As a result, there followed loud claps of thunder, booming voices, terrible lightning, and a major earthquake, all of which served as a warning of impending wrath to come. And the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound the judgment. The first angel then sounded his trumpet, and there fell from the heaven great hailstones, mixed with fire following in a shower of blood. And a third part of the earth became a blazing inferno. A third part of the trees was burned, and a third part of the earth's vegetation was also consumed in the blaze. And the second angel sounded his trumpet and tossed a fiery mass as large as a great mountain into the Mediterranean Sea. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a blazing meteor fell from the heavens. The meteor broke into two giant pieces, landing upon a third of the rivers and upon a third of the springs from where the earth's waters originate. The name of the star was Wormwood. As a result of its falling to the earth, a third part of the planet's water supply was tainted and many people died because they drank from the contaminated water supply. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet and a third part of the light of the sun was obliterated, and a third part of the moon was darkened. Even a third of the stars lost their light. As a result, a third part of the day was without light, and a third part of the night turned pitch black. As I watched, I heard a large flesh-eating bird fly across the planet and called out in a loud voice, There are three terrible calamities coming, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. The last three trumpets are about to sound, signaling even greater destruction. We need a movie about this. Yes, and uh, we need to stress the fact that it's sure going to be nice to get out of here in the rapture of the church <laughs> and not have to experience all the pollution that's occurring. Uh, it sounds like the earth's turned into Capital June. But exactly. With... <laughs> yeah, it'd be much more enjoyable on a movie screen than it would, would in person. Yeah. I'm interested in the first-hand version. Okay. 
Want me to go take, with nine? Or you take us off with chapter going? nine. All right. Book of the Revelation, chapter nine, verse one. And the fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw that Satan had fallen to earth, for he was no longer permitted in heaven. Jesus the Christ authorized one of his angels to give him the key to the bottomless pit. Uh-oh. And Satan opened the pit, and there arose out of it a great smoke, like the smoke from a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke. Earth's atmosphere was darkened by reason of the smoke from the shaft. Even the light from the sun could not be seen. And out of the smoke there came grasshopper, whoa, like creatures crawling out of the pit and onto the earth. And there was given to them power, like the power of a scorpion. And they were told that they should not injure the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, for they were only to injure those who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. The seal could not be seen by unbelievers, but it was readily visible to other believers. That's interesting. We can know one another from appearance. Mm-hmm. But only believer viewing another believer. And the creatures were given a divine charge. They were not to kill unbelievers, but instead they were to torture them. For five months, whoa, their torture was similar to the sting of a giant scorpion. The pain was so severe that the unbelievers wanted to die, but death was not an option. They were only to suffer. And the resemblance of the grasshoppers were similar to those of horses prepared for war. And upon their heads, they wore a victor's crown, wreaths of gold, like those given to raptured saints at the Bema. You remember the Bema was the judgment seat of of, uh, believers just after the rapture to determine what reward they will get because of the things that were done in the Spirit. Their faces were like the faces of men. We have a doctrine of the Bema, by the way, on our WestBankBibleChurch.com uh, for your perusal. All right. Their faces were like the faces of men. Now we're talking about the creatures that came out of the pit. They had long hair like that of a woman. Their teeth were like those of lions, and each wore a breastplate of iron. And the sound of their Wings was like the sound of a thousand chariots and horses running to battle, like Ben-Hur. And they had tails like scorpions, and in their tails were stingers sufficient to inflict terrible pain upon their unbeliever victims. They were given this power for five months. The leader of these creatures was Satan himself. And as leader, he was called the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in the Hebrew tongue was Abaddon, meaning the destroyer. But in the Greek tongue, it is called 
Apollyon, also meaning the destroyer. I was overwhelmed at first, but was told the great calamity is now past. I was told that there would be two other calamities soon to come upon earth. The sixth angel then sounded his trumpet. I heard a voice that seemed to come from the four horns of the golden altar. Well, I have a question. And that question is, Satan is leading these evil, pain-providing creatures out of the bottomless pit. And uh, David has a good question. Why does he want to lead a bunch of people to make pain upon unbelievers? And that's because Satan can't do a daggone thing to anybody who is a believer unless it's to their benefit. And that's why we can say, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And though it's very often, I refer you, by the way, to the doctrine of suffering, which is on our internet, and it tells you 10 reasons why believers suffer. And there's all a reason. And it's primarily so that we can know that all things are indeed working together for our good to them who are the called according to his purpose. Hard to understand, no doubt, uh, especially when you're amidst the suffering. Uh, but uh, that's the way it is. All right, let's go on now. The voice was directed to the sixth angel. Uh, the angel, this angel, immediately set free the four angels who had been bound in the Euphrates River. You know where the Euphrates River, I'm sure, if you followed us along on the Internet. And it borders on uh, all the uh, Holy Land from the east, and it will be the river that the 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 uh, the uh, various nations located east of the river, the Oriental armies, remember they are immense in number, who will ultimately end up crossing the river and end, end over in the Battle of Armageddon. But that's neither here nor there. That comes much later. So this angel immediately set free the four angels who had been bound in the Euphrates River. The four angels had been kept in readiness for many years. This was their time, it was their job to kill a third part of the men living on planet Earth. The four angels transmorphed into a large oriental armor, and that's just before the Battle of Armageddon. I should say battle plural of Armageddon, uh, when the Lord finally comes back in his second advent role and destroys all the armies of the world. But that'll come later on. If you want a really detailed description of that, you can go to the last, I think it's the 12th chapter of the book of, of uh, Ezekiel. And uh, others, of course. Zechariah has a detailed description of that last battle. And uh, maybe we'll get there, who knows, one of these days and teach that. The army numbered... Here we go. I'm going to go back now. I'm going to go back to point uh, 16 in this chapter 9. The army numbered 200 million. 
Gee, a quick comment about that. Sure. The Army numbered 200 million. In the time this was written, how could their minds even conceptualize 200 million? By saying a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, I don't know what the population was at the time, but it, was it a million? A two million? But now all of a sudden now, which is what it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be a 200 million person army. Don't ask me no question like that, baby. <laughs> well, I have no idea. Because they were given the word. There you go. That's right. All right, I heard one of the angels announce their number. Afterward, I saw the horses upon which the soldiers rode. Those seated upon them had breastplates of fire and of hyacinth and of brimstone. The heads of their horses were like the heads of lions. Ooh, scary. Out of their mouths came fire and smoke and brimstone. The fire, smoke, and brimstone killed a third part of mankind. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails. This is just a preview of what's going to happen at the, with what we call the battles, plural, of Armageddon, when all the armies of the world show up and uh, await the Lord Jesus Christ's second advent when he will come and destroy all the armies of the world. So the power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails. Their tails were like snakes having heads, and by means of them they caused injury. Those who were not killed by these plagues did not change their minds. They did not stop making idols, nor did they stop worshiping demons. They loved their idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood. The unbelievers of planet Earth worshiped all manner of inanimate things. Neither did they have a change of mind regarding their conditioning of murder, nor their magical arts, nor their fornications, nor their thefts. They would not abandon their old ways, regardless of the punishment and the pain that God provides. They are bound and determined to do their own thing, which, of course, Satan wants them to do. All right, let's see what we can learn from chapter 10, David, if we've got time. Let's do one more chapter because, boy, we're right in the middle of it. Okay. All right. And then I saw another powerful angel. I could not be sure, but I thought it was Michael. He was standing above planet Earth, the angel slowly descending from heaven. He was clothed with a cloud, and over his head there was a radiant halo. His face was like the sun, and his feet were like pillars of refining fire. In his hand was a small scroll. He placed his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the land. His posture and position seem to teach planet Earth and all that exists thereon are under divine authority. The angel cried with a great voice, powerful like the roar of a lion, like the roar of a lion. When he reared or roared, the sound of seven thunders could be heard. In a frightening sound of the thunder, I could hear and understand what he said. The powerful angel whom I saw standing above the sea and the land, raised his right hand and looked toward heaven. 
He then swore an oath to the one who lives forever. His oath was sworn to the Lord Jesus Christ, who created the heavens, the earth, and the things in it, and the sea, and the things in it. The angel swore to our Lord, Yes, Lord, there will be no more delays. Soon, said the angel, the seventh angel will sound his trumpet, and then the mystery of God will be revealed. The great mystery, which was earlier announced to his people by his prophets, apostles, and pastor teachers, when the seventh trumpet sounds, everyone will know the full extent and context of the mystery. Then a voice from heaven spoke again, Go and get the scroll from the hands of the angels standing on the sea and on the land. Accordingly, I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. He said to me, Take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but after eating, my stomach turned sour. The eating and the souring of the stomach taught me. Religion often looks very good, but once you get a real taste, it reeks of evil. This will certainly be the same case during the tribulation. Then I was told, you must prophesy to many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. So we will stop right there through chapter 10. We'll be picking up with chapter 11 next week. We do appreciate you being here with us today. Look forward to being with you again next week. In closing, if there is anyone within the sound of our voice that is without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, remember how easy it is. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Pastor Merrick, you got a prayer to close us. Father, we are grateful for the privilege of being able to learn so much about what's going to happen and especially in whose hands we have the outcome, yours. Thank you so much for taking care of us, guiding us, and directing us, and help us to continue your work as we provide the future, which is fully well known, and in your divine control. Okay, David, tell us how to get saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, period. Until next time, so long.